0: Julie.
1: Hey, Julie.
0: Welcome to Hey Julie, a podcast about nothing today. It's, Seinfeld, it's Seinfeldian.
1: We ha- we don't have anything new, Big Brother wise to talk about.
0: Um, uh, well, there was a chonky boot or something like that
1: you tweeted about. <laughs> no, her chonky boot cut jeans. She rolled oh. them up so we couldn't see how oh. wide the flare was. Uh, yeah,
0: I saw. I was like, oh, are those are the same jeans. Yeah. <laughs> as
1: the other shoot she's a Just celebrity a um,
0: i mean i wear the same jeans multiple days in a row but yeah julie chen moonves for real
1: i mean that's i do love that this type of question goes around twitter every it's like one a month where it's like how often do you wash your sheets how or no it's usually presented as a fact it's like 66 percent of americans wash their sheets once a year and then everyone gets <laughs> disgusted or like 47% of Americans say they've never washed a pair of jeans. <laughs> it's like, it's something to get everyone like all what's the word, like personal hygiene. Like everyone yeah. gets all up in arms about it.
0: It's like the one thing too, that you see online a lot where it's like each state's favorite fast food restaurant. And like, they <laughs> actually, Actually, pick that state's least favorite and it was just get people to share it. I want to see one that's just like the best cities to get a slice of pizza in America and they don't put Chicago or New York on it. <laughs> yeah,
1: exactly. <laughs>
0: that way, like, That's just that's what we're all it's leading to with those. Yeah, yeah it's
1: just like the, these surveys exist only to make people online get mad about them and talk about it and like t- click on it. And it's very funny, like to me, very harmless anger. So I enjoy it.
0: It's no secret. I mean, it's something we even talk about at my job, and I wouldn't be surprised if you've done it at your job as well. Like I work in sports and sometimes we'll put together a graphic of like 10 best whatever players or like. And there is very much a strategy to purposefully leave a no doubt whatever off just so people can get pissed off.
1: Yeah, well, I just love the idea of ranking anything. I think yeah. is amazing because no matter what, yeah, when you rank something, you're gonna piss people off either by like the numbers that you're using, like how dare they say that Batman is the number one best hero? Clearly, Superman is, or whatever it, is, whatever it ends up being, um, that makes people mad. And then yes, omissions, snubs. You know, we see it every year with the Oscars.
0: Oh yeah, Danielle. Yes, you got jabbed this week.
1: I did. I got my first vax. I'm part of the Pfizer fam. I'm so excited oh, to be Oh, me here. too. It's yeah. great that
0: we can uh, hang out eventually. Mm-hmm. I don't. My family is all Moderna and it's just, um, it's disappointing that I can never see them again.
1: Yeah. It's too bad. Well, they told us when we got to the hospital that we were getting, that they were doing Moderna today and we were like, great, we'll take anything. And we, and then when I got into the doctor, she was like, so you're getting Pfizer. I was like, I was like, I don't want this to seem like a big deal. I don't care, but I want you to know they are saying Moderna outside. I don't care. Give me the (laughs) Pfizer. But just so you know, like they're adamantly saying they were adamant, like you're getting Moderna today as if like, do you have a problem with that? You know, and we're like, we, we will take anything, but in case there's someone who comes, who's like, I have my heart set on one or the other, maybe have the person who's telling them that what the real one is.
0: Yeah. Uh, Any other, how, how was the experience overall? I bet it was very, I bet it was very smooth.
1: It was good. First in of all, Canada. you said you just said overall, like Mayor of Easton. Overall.
0: Oh. <laughs> um, Big get your overalls on. We're going to get a, <laughs> we're going to get a hoogie.
1: <laughs> overall, it was really great. Like it was so funny because the anticipation is so high, right? Like I couldn't oh, yeah. sleep the night before. I was so excited. Yeah. And so we went in, ours was in the morning, and um it was there was no line. It was just like you check in. You go in, you get, they ask you all these questions, just, you know, like, are you allergic to whatever, anything. You get the jab, you go sit in a chair for 20 minutes. They tell you, well, here in Canada, the second dose is until September. If you, oh. like me, got it in May. So I th- hopefully that shortens, but that's really it. Then you go home and that's it.
0: Well, well that's cool.
1: Yeah. Congratulations. No the only waiting was in the chair.
0: It was great. I'll tell you, I won't, I won't name the name, but a major... A major pharmacy brand. <laughs> uh, I went to there and I had to wait. I had Dear. to sit in a, a crusty old chair next to the toy <laughs> next to the toy aisle. It was, hey, it was fine. Whatever. It was all right. Uh, yeah. So what are we talking about today? Nothing's well, really going on, at Big Brother. But we no, we watched going on some big shit.
1: So yes, first let me just get lost out of the way. Okay. Because I've got. Where a lot, are we? Stay I don't have issues. I have so many issues. <laughs> I'm so mad. Now, I just I'm want only- to clip
0: out all the lost segments and just like as <laughs> the soul leaves your voice, as like the light of your personality just escapes your, Yeah, yeah.
1: So we're in season three. Jack, Kate, and Sawyer have been kidnapped by the others, including that blonde bitch and Ben. Okay? And then yeah. these... That these two, like old white, out of shape, middle aged men who I'm supposed to believe have the same cardiovascular abilities as Sawyer and Kate. Because Sawyer and Kate run away at one point and they easily catch up to them. And I'm like, I'm sorry, there's just no way. Kate and Sawyer are doing like five minute miles. And you're telling me these pudgy old dudes can still catch up with them? That's they're just, fit. that's the least of my problems. But that was a big problem I had. Yeah, they're fit. OK, so <laughs> Ben played by great actor. I forget his name at the moment, but he's like the head of the others. Yeah, I mean, he, this is Michael big, Emerson,
0: Michael Emerson. He pops off here. He's being creepy with some glasses on Lost. And then it's like, all right, let's cast him as a creepy guy forever for, yeah, for the next 15 years on every television show.
1: He's great at creepy, but I hate his character. I hate the Blonde's character so much. I really cannot stand her. Who is that? Elizabeth Mitchell.
0: Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. What's her name? I forgot what her name is.
1: Juliet.
0: Juliet, yeah. I'm getting her and Penny confused.
1: I cannot, Penny was a flop too, but they, you know, <laughs> she's dead now, so it doesn't matter. Well Also, they never explained why Penny was in a mental institution and then decided to <laughs> dye her hair blonde, follow her early, and she was in love with him, I guess. It made no sense. I don't
0: remember And then pretended to be a
1: psychiatrist. It. Okay. I
0: don't remember any of this. <laughs>
1: anyway, let's get, let, here's just like a big question I have, okay, about these others. A big problem I have is how I hate that, like, I'm on episode 12, I think, of season three now, right? So they kidnapped these three. They're so smug and all-knowing. You know, like Sawyer, Kate, and... Uh, Jack are like asking questions, like confused, like why am I here? And they just give them these like little smug smiles and like anything, anything Kate, Jack or um, Sawyer do, they're like, oh, we knew you would do that, and that's why we have this plan in place. And it's like that is not possible. It's so annoying. That's it's one so of the, annoying.
0: That's one of the things about Lost in particular, but lots of the sort of mystery box storytelling that lost like really kicked off. And it's not even just between the others and the main characters. It's like if anyone just actually answered anyone's question.
1: Yes, exactly.
0: Just responded directly to what the, you know, person A says something, asks a question, person B answers it. If anyone ever did that, then like the show would be over and in maybe a season (laughs) or two and like things would actually happen and get done. But it is extremely frustrating. Even between characters you like, Jack is having a, uh, you know, uh, a conversation with the, 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 what's the Muppet? Yeah. I don't know. Uh, Who's the Muppet? The Muppet, who you know, from Lord of the Rings, the Muppets, uh, the Frodo's, the Frodo's. Yeah
1: yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I haven't seen Sam those Weiss? movies. <laughs> I haven't seen yeah. those movies either. It's like, yeah, can anyone or Saeed <laughs> or whoever, can anyone yeah. just
0: answer anyone else's question? Where are you going? That doesn't concern you. It's like, <laughs> it does concern me. We're on a fucking island. <laughs> People are fucking chasing
1: us with knives and shit. It kills me. It kills me. Well, you know, Jack asks Juliet, like, why do you why are you doing this? Why are you keeping me here? You know? And she'll go, how was your relationship with your wife? And then he'll be like, he'll you know, clearly, he'll, you know, fuck him up. And then she'll be like, because I have this whole file on your marriage and I know it was bad. And it's like, where the hell did you get that? How would you know? What are you t- If you guys have all this power, why the hell do you live here? Why are you on this island? Why are you keeping them? They, they keep Jack and Kate in a cage for three days. Why do they make her wear a dress? Then they make them go dig for a couple days, then they, for whatever reason, want to kill them. Why? Why do any of this? Why not just kill them in the first place? Why keep them captive? Why use them for manual labor? You have people there already. It's not like they're going to help that much. They're hungry. I know
0: who the others are and like what they're doing. And I actually don't, I don't understand why.
1: And here's, okay. So this is why this really pisses me off. We just got had the episode where Jack was like, Hey, to Ben, like you have a massive tumor in your back and I'm a spinal surgeon. Oh, yeah. And so Ben is like, we got we got to get convinced Jack to operate on me. You know what? If you knew he was a spinal surgeon and you knew that you had a fucking deadly tumor on your back. How about this? How about instead of how about instead of keeping him locked in an underground lair that when you meet him, you say, oh, hey, welcome to the island We'll try to help you. We don't know what's going on either. You guys want some water? You want some fresh clothes? Also, I hear you're a spinal surgeon. Can you please help me? It's called honey, not vinegar.
0: Oh. Like,
1: why they? Everyone here is so stupid. <laughs> like, oh yeah, let's really abuse this guy. And then we have to convince him to do the surgery. And then I'm lying naked on a table and he just nicks. He nicks part of me where I might never walk again. Like, everyone, I'm supposed to think the others are so worldly, so all-knowing, so smart. No, they're fucking idiots. I hate them.
0: Well, I can't wait till you get to the part of the show where it really goes downhill.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I'm just, we're 12 episodes into the third season. We haven't had a single answer about the others. A single answer.
0: You're not going to get an answer, but I, I I am looking forward to your reaction to the season three finale.
1: I really cannot stand Ben and Juliet. I can't, like, I already know they're going to try to make them sympathetic, and I don't care. I hate them so much. They're disgusting. And Jack had so many opportunities to kill them this past episode, and he didn't, and it made me mad and made me hate him, and I liked him. <sighs>
0: I'm so sorry, Danielle.
1: Yeah, well, just had to get that off my chest. <sighs>
0: Of course, I mean, we'll we'll check back in in a week and you'll be like midway through season four and you'll be like, what in the fuck is going on?
1: <laughs> but and you know who I do like? Who? I do like that Desmond.
0: Oh, Desmond.
1: <laughs> he's got a certain- hey, See you the next life, brother. <laughs> he's got a certain je quoi. Yeah. He's <laughs> like, yeah, he'd only been in one episode when you brought him up. Now he's been in a lot. And I do like him. Also, Rodrigo Santoro appeared in one episode. Who? He's like this, like I guess, sealess actor, but he had like a hot moment. But you know, he's relatively famous and they introduced him in season three. And he's only been in one episode so far. And in the episode, his line was like, you guys always go and leave us behind. I want to get involved. Because <laughs> you haven't see. been in the show yet, Rodrigo. You just got cast. You were a mid-season pickup, Rodrigo.
0: Oh, he's Paolo. Of Nikki and Paolo. Yeah. Oh. all right. <laughs> all right.
1: Anyway. All right. That's, lesson. <laughs> and yeah, Nikki and Paolo, sure.
0: I can't wait. I'm okay. so excited for you. <laughs>
1: um, so d- did, you Mare? Going on? did you watch going Did you watch Mare? I'm caught up on Mare. <laughs> okay, let's talk about
0: Mare. I'm watching Mayor every Sunday night.
1: <laughs> because Mayor has taken a turn, but I now really, I do we love gotta, it now.
0: I don't think we we needed to do spoilers on a show that's 20 years old, but maybe we'll just say, hey, you know, for the next 10 minutes or so, we're going to be talking about mayor.
1: Mare spoilers. Watch it. Yeah.
0: Catch up. It's good.
1: It's good. Put on your overalls. <laughs> Put on your overalls. Get a
0: hoagie. We'll meet you down at the water.
1: <laughs> so in this episode, um, she kisses Evan Peterson. Peters. Yeah. Well, he kisses her. She does yeah, not like it, that.
0: though. No, she's intrigued.
1: He kisses her. Then they go and... Find the actual guy who's just some random that we haven't met yet, who's keeping the two girls locked in the attic. They find him and he kills Evan Peters.
0: That was uh <laughs> <laughs> you can kind of tell it was a little bit of like the thing where it's just like it's the cop's like last day on the job, or like my <laughs> I can't wait to come home honey My mm-hmm. baby's my first child's about to be born And there was like a little bit of that going on Towards the end yeah. I'm like oh no And when they get into the the bad guy's Lair or whatever and there's like there's only one gun I'm like Mayor's making it out Because it's <laughs> yeah. not called Bob of Easttown <laughs> 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 Whatever his name is Steve yeah. of Easttown Yeah
1: <laughs> Yeah, we knew that, and it was the perfect time for them to sort of be like, aha, audience, you think you know? You don't know. This guy's dead. You don't know it what to happen in East I Town. actually
0: had a pretty good theory heading into this episode that has been, um, it's been, it's been, it's, I, I don't know. I like got, going into this episode, I was like, oh, so it seems like the crimes, the two crimes are the same crime, right? That like, because there's these abductions And then there's the murder and you're like, all right, is this the same person who's perpetrated them both? They seem very different. And at first I'm like, all right, well, this is, uh, these probably seem like different crimes. And then heading into this episode, I definitely thought it was one of the uncles. And I think we're not out of the, not out of the, out of the woods with the uncles. And I thought, all right, well, maybe one of the uncles is this sort of predator that's picking up you know, young prostitutes and killing them. And I thought the thing was he picked up his niece, the 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 girl who who's dead. Yeah. And not knowing who she was, because in her little like prostitute MySpace page, right, she right, was right. wearing a wig and she looked a little yeah. bit different. So he was gonna pick her up and do his his thing. Yeah. And but then he realizes this is his, his own niece and she realizes who he is and then he has to kill her. But I think that's it seems like we're back to the the answer where it's like, all right, well, this guy who's been just abducting prostitutes is a different guy than whoever murdered the, the right.
1: girl. Yeah, like, at least we found the cancer patient mom's daughter. I'm yes. happy for her. We needed a little good news, you know, <laughs> like this we, town needed a win. <laughs> so
0: we got our guy, Guy Pierce. We got yeah. Evan Peters. Yeah. Why is Mayor like... The hottest, the hottest, (laughs) most desirable chick in town.
1: Listen, she's single. She's a powerful woman. Yeah, she's powerful. I think it's that classic thing of like, she's not looking for love. And so Mm. it's finding her, you know, like it's, you find it when you're not looking for it. And she is not looking. So they're all coming. It's my problem. Mm -hmm. I got the flashlight out. (laughs) (laughs) You're searching under every rock. (laughs) (laughs)
0: <laughs> Anyways So yeah, I mean, I don't know I mean, there's I guess there's not many people in there But, you know, she's 40-year-old grandma <laughs> yeah. she got, She's got a tude She's got a limp
1: <laughs> Does she have a limp? I feel like the limp comes <laughs> and goes Yeah, I mean
0: I don't think it's as bad as LeBron James' current high ankle sprain But It's no Dr. House No, no <laughs> is that, that a, was a limp what did doctor? I've never seen. I've seen like an episode or two of that show. What did he have? Did he just like? He
1: just had like I don't remember why, but he had debilitating pain, and that's why he oh. got addicted to painkillers. And it had to. Do, oh, yeah. he, had a, he had a. He had a limp.
0: A doctor with his own vices. Now that's an idea for a yeah, television exactly. show. And
1: let me tell you, no bedside manner.
0: She's a nurse. Her name is Jackie. She's got <laughs> a tune. I've never seen that show either. <laughs> me neither. <laughs>
1: um but so I really liked it. And can I just give a shout out to whoever's doing the music supervision on that show? Because- oh my god. There <laughs> <laughs> is like the jauntiest instrumental plays. It's the darkest, most depressing show. And it's like depressing because it's realistic, right? Where you're just like, oh my god, this. Like, ugh, I can't imagine being a teen mother who then had to be a prostitute and then gets killed. You know, it's like so depressing. And then yeah. Mare's going on a date and it's like, do, 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 the author tonight. <laughs> <laughs> Where's
0: so- she going? to sign copy of his book
1: <laughs> it's so it takes you so out of it but i i kind of appreciate it the, whoever was doing it was like this show's too dark let's lighten it up
0: <laughs> two things so two things yeah. on that i'll come back to the music in a minute
1: i i liked the first
0: episode but i i wasn't all in because i just have an issue with like dead girl shows and this is a dead girl show where it's right. like can we have any sort of mystery that doesn't revolve uh, any sort of mystery television show or movie that doesn't revolve around a naked dead eighteen year old? Like, right? It, I don't know. I just, I don't know. I I just don't find it interesting. I find it overused. I find it, you yeah. know, like it it, it it kind of like sexualizes SVU, in a gross you know? in a gross way because it's like it's always a, it's like there she is, she's naked and she's dead in the creek and
1: yeah,
0: every and. This show gave her some agency. Well, I mean, not that much. She was dead by the end. But like, yeah, they showed her life and showed she was a real person and not just a dead naked person. And when it does this, I'm like, oh, can you just like, I don't know, just yada yada this? And then <laughs> and then you see a show and it just yada yada's it and it's like, all right, there's a dead girl over there and i'm like oh can mm-hmm. you like show like what the hell she was like or like make me care right. or like yeah yeah show she's not just like a sexualized corpse and i don't i don't know i just don't like it either way like it's fine the show is not about that it's about this hot grandma who loves yeah. canned cheese
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: and she talks funny uh i don't know so i just struggle with i mean i don't really as we've probably discussed i don't really like objectifications of women i hate watching stuff about like sexual violence and stuff on tv i I really just like avoid it at at all costs uh so it's fine whatever we've moved past it i I don't even have anything like specific to say just like investigating what i'm always just like a little bit repulsed by dead girl shows yeah
1: totally but so didn't you find this episode was a game changer though and that it was so amusing because so much happened
0: Oh yeah, and I think we'll obviously I think by the end of Sunday night here we'll probably know who the the killer was, who killed right. the the girl Erin, I believe is her name, and then maybe yeah. uh, that's my guess as we'll know. And I th- I think we're I think we're pointing to the I think we're pointing to the one of the uncles, one of the creepy uncles, the yeah. one who was like, "Oh no, I didn't impregnate my niece." I
1: have,
0: a, I have to go return some videotapes. Goodbye. Yeah,
1: exactly. He was so suspicious <laughs> that he could ever have happened in front of his cop friend. <laughs> <Yeah>. like, <laughs> head so of I police. Wa- <laughs> I did want
0: to come back to the music because in the first episode, and I've fallen in the whole like, Wikipedia hole about this, the first yeah. episode when they're having... Uh, mayor's ex-husband is having like an engagement party across mm-hmm. the way at his house and her daughter their daughter is like in a band and they started playing music and i'm like this is the best like fake like oh yeah. this is just a teenager's band in the local town this is the best version of this music i've ever fucking heard in my life what right. is this so apparently it's a real band and it's also just my favorite like it's just fucking downer garage rock, <laughs> like yeah. it's just stuff in the sort of ah. DNA of pavement is my favorite music, and it's just my mm-hmm. favorite genre of music, like downer
1: oh, guitar love rock. Okay. Love it.
0: So I'm listening. To this, so I'm like, oh, my, what is this band? I gotta, I gotta follow on uh, on Spotify, and it's a real band called Mannequin Pussy, who is later mentioned <laughs> like on the radio in the college radio. First of all, also, what are we doing? What are we doing in the college radio station?
1: I don't know. I, I was like, well, Kate Winslet's daughter hit the jackpot because this chick is nice, gorgeous, yeah. rich. She was driving a Range Rover. Oh yeah. What college <laughs> like, student is driving a Range Rover? And she was like, oh, I have a like friend who's a professor at Caltech or something. I forget what the university was. I could put in a good word for you if you just want to go there. It was like, holy who knew, moly. Who knew college radio well.
0: even existed? Like, you would just think at this point, it's just like a guy doing a live stream. Yeah. You know, on Spotify <laughs> or like one of those YouTube chillax streams. Yeah. fi, lo-fi, lo-fi tunes to chillax
1: too. I don't know, but she's, it's these, the mayor women. The grandma also had an affair with that guy whose wife. Oh. Who, whose wife died.
0: Speaking of Gene Smart. Yes. Queen. Yes. Have you seen Hacks? I did. HBO, I watched the first
1: Max? I watched the first episode.
0: Yeah, it's fine. I, I like it. It's fine.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I'll I'll keep watching. Um, I'm not like
0: over the moon about it, but I think I'm we all, as we've discussed big fan of Las Vegas as a city. I think it's a great <laughs> yeah. I think it's an underused place to set a television show. Right and you know like there's just this detail of of Gene Smart's character like is too famous to actually play uh, casino games in the casino so she just hires a woman to come out to her <laughs> house and just like plays jet blackjack with her yeah. and then he she gives the woman like her Rolls Royce or whatever she's like oh yeah this is my third Rolls Royce I don't know it's just the the sort of like decadence of Las Vegas was yeah. I don't know it's just like a nice detail it's a nice world to live in that i i think is fun because like yeah it's this phony decadence where it's like hey it's vegas everything's cheap there's tons of rich people out here who like have nothing to do other than just like give away rolls royces to people i'm mm-hmm. like yeah that's what i do yeah
1: i like that aspect of it too and i really like her clothes <laughs> she yeah. looks amazing in it um yeah it's like not one that is i think like, there's not that much to say about these, like, about I hacks, mean, right? There's like, nothing
0: to say about, like, any half-hour comedy, really. Yeah,
1: You um, like it or you don't. Unless if we're talking, obviously, about the neighborhood, in which case, you know, Grover, Grover Johnson.
0: Oh, oh did you see CBS <laughs> announce their uh, fall lineup?
1: I saw that they um, renewed, or they, I don't know, something, United States of Al is still going. Still going strong.
0: Oh, we got... All the classics.
1: Young Sheldon. The
0: Neighborhood. (laughs) Yeah. Bob Hart's Abishola. (laughs) Yes. NCIS. Sure. Hold on to your butts. NCIS colon Hawaii. (laughs)
1: Yeah.
0: FBI. FBI International. (laughs) FBI Most Wanted.
1: Is the FBI International? Isn't the FBI an American institution? (laughs) Uh yeah I I mean I don't
0: know I I'll have to get back to you on that one I, yeah I thought FBI was domestic and CIA was international right,
1: right. yeah what do we I all, know other countries have their own versions of FBI and
0: well I bet mean, also like Belgium isn't isn't doing you know is not investigating frauds related to America American right. Inter- interests right uh I'll ch- I'll call Dick Wolf and I'll I'll let you know all right maybe he'll hop um, on the pod
1: maybe. I'm just, I can't wait to see what commercials we're getting 24 7 during the summer season of Big Brother.
0: Young Sheldon, United States of Al, something called Ghosts. I'm, I'm excited to figure out whatever. It, this seems like a comedy night. And then Be Positive is back, season Be two. Be
1: Positive.
0: Middle Ditch
1: and his, <laughs> swinging,
0: his swinging lifestyle
1: are back. <laughs> wow. Wow. Why is that show called Be Positive?
0: Because they because it's something about like blood like blood donation, like, oh, it's my okay. long lost cousin and I need a okay. new kidney or bone marrow or something like that.
1: All right, all right, cool. That's exactly uh, what I thought it would be.
0: Before we get to our main entree here.
1: Uh-huh. I do have one other thing I watched. Oh, okay,
0: that's fine. As As well. I, was just, I okay. will just say Survivor is coming back in the fall. I'm excited. Probably when Big Brother is over, we're going to get a new season of Survivor. Yeah, I'll I, watch. I'll watch you know, the, the whole hell of reason
1: it. I'm watching Lost is because I wanted to watch Survivor, <laughs> but I didn't have access to There's it. There's like 40 seasons <laughs> online somewhere. Not in Canada. I haven't downloaded Paramount Plus yet. So I was like, well, I want something on a beach with hot people. So that's why I started watching Lost.
0: Well, I'll, hey, let you let you know, NCIS Hawaii. <laughs> yeah. There are naval crimes being committed and they're in Hawaii.
1: God, those shows are just like you just you you get to be a person who gets to decide I I can make a, another show. Like I made NCIS, I can make another show. And you know what? I want to make it in Hawaii cuz I want to go live in Hawaii for 6 months yeah. of the year. I That's mean, what I would do.
0: When we have the lost like reboot v- remix V2 cuz like all those people want to Matthew Fox wants to live in Hawaii again and hasn't yeah. hasn't the speed racer residuals are drying up.
1: <laughs>
0: yeah, I mean, it's happening.
1: It is. Um so the one last thing I watched that I, we can <laughs> discuss before the main event is an, a film that was released on Netflix called "The Woman in the Window," and it stars Hillbilly <laughs> Elegy star <laughs> Amy, Amy, uh, Amy Adams, Amy Adams. I was gonna say I Amy have, Eckhart.
0: <laughs> I mean she should marry Aaron Eckhart.
1: Yeah, it seems like um, a good
0: match. Uh, I've not, I am not even aware of this. Tell me. So this,
1: it was like a long problem film like it got mm. it you can tell it went through a lot of reshoots a lot of script rewrites no one was knowing what was going on with this movie and I guess it's based on a book that also the writer had like f- counts of fraud against them I'm, I'm not sure about all the details but it's like a dramatic behind the scenes as well but so it's a horror movie oh no attempting to be Hitchcock Oh,
0: okay no
1: gore really um where she's she's stuck in the house what's it agoraphobic
0: Oh, yeah, sure. Yeah.
1: She's stuck in the house. She can't leave the house, but she loves to spy on the neighbors. And one day she spies the neighbor killing a woman. And she. So it's a rear window? <laughs> yeah, exactly. hitchcock Ask.
0: Yeah. Um, <laughs> he made that one.
1: <laughs> but it is absolutely insane. So the cast is Amy Adams. Uh, I'm looking Dick, at it right now. Gary Oldman, Julianne Moore, and Holly Hunter, I believe.
0: Uh, yeah, I don't see her. No, not Holly there. Hunter.
1: What's it? I always get her confused with Holly Hunter. I, yeah, it um, doesn't, doesn't uh,
0: say, but uh, Jennifer Jason Leigh. Jennifer
1: Jason Leigh. I always get her confused with Holly Hunter. You got
0: Anthony Mackie, Wyatt Russell, Brian Tyree Henry, Tracy Letts, stage actor and writer extraordinaire.
1: August Osage County, baby. Um, Je- Julianne Moore and Jennifer Jason Leigh each have one line. Like, they are not in this movie. So they should be (laughs) cut from the IMDb. This movie is so chopped up, so confusing. It is so, it's like a play. So that's why Tracy Letts is there. In that sometimes Amy Adams just goes and has this monologue where she stands alone in a room while like five other people are in her house being like, ma'am, we need answers. We think you're going crazy. She just goes and has a monologue. It is very camp. Um, There's a great cat in it. I just like, you know what? Times are tough right now. We're waiting for the big summer releases. Big Brother hasn't started yet. If you're looking for a goofy movie that you can watch while being on your phone on Netflix, please check out Woman in the Window.
0: I just Googled Woman in the Window and the it says, there's like a list of questions and Google is like just, you know, supplying all of these like popular questions about this topic. And the first one is, is the woman in the window still coming out?
1: <laughs> it was supposed to be I mean you know I know Amy Adams was like I'm gonna win an Oscar for this movie but oh it was like such a goofy movie
0: yeah and then the the top news story about it is uh, it was something from Collider the woman in the window ending explained a bad movie gets worse
1: <laughs> <laughs> it's bad it is bad
0: All you right, know that. Move- Oh, you know, that's just—I was just saying. Just back to the Julianne Moore thing. You know, the movie is is weird when they have like a real star, but they're only in it for like one scene. You're like, oh, what is the subplot with Julianne Moore? <laughs> There's like probably 25 minutes of Julianne Moore movie here that's just gone.
1: Yeah, it's gone. Um, it's really gone. She's wasted. Poor Jennifer Jason Leigh. She's late wasted. Anyway, let's go on to another star-studded film. This was a listener request.
0: So a listener, RB Clips. Requested that we cover the greatest three movie stretch of any actor's career. Yeah. Really. And it was Nicolas Cage. After he won an Oscar in the year 1995 for Leaving Las Vegas, he did the three best greatest action movies Really, of the 90s or really any decade. Absolutely, and he did them yeah. consecutively. And we're going to do this out of order because we're going to do the middle one in terms of release dates. We're going to do Con Air, and then we'll talk about Face Off and The Rock on uh, other episodes.
1: Yeah, so we both refresh. I've seen Con Air, I have to say, it has to be 20 times. Like, Same. it's one of those movies that every Apple. summer, yeah, every summer I watch, and it would play a lot on, like, T what it was, TNT or something, yeah, and so I yeah. would always just watch it if it was on. Just one of those movies.
0: It's so I love I love on a Saturday. Not going to happen today, man. But I love on a Saturday taking a nap on the couch while a action movie is playing on the <laughs> yes. television and just kind of coming in and out, skipping a full hour of it. Yeah. And Con Air is like really the epitome of of the perfect movie for like a Saturday afternoon nap. So good. And I want to talk about the first 10 minutes of this movie because it is (laughs) the most, it is, it's like nobody ever talks about the first specifically 10 minutes of this movie because it really picks up like when he gets out of, like when they do the whole plane thing. Right. And I forget every time I watch this movie, I am like, oh, my God, I forgot it starts like this. It starts with this like archival footage of soldiers in, I would imagine, the first Gulf War and this monologue from some like army general that you never see. And he's just like the army rangers, the most important (laughs) unit that we have. Your your mission is to never leave leave a man behind. Right. And you're like, what the fuck? am I watching and this is this whole I mean and uh, Michael Bay didn't direct it but it's in that sort of Bay B- Bruckheimer produced it who, who produced a lot of Michael Bay's movies and we'll obviously talk about a Michael Bay movie in The Rock uh, right. in a future episode but it's just this like performance of American I don't know just like military attitude that is just yeah. so on display here and it's like it's like if they don't even show Nicholas Cage in it, it's just like archival footage that they bought from like CBS or someone like that of just like sold, soldiers shooting weapons, yeah. And then he's at his like re- graduation ceremony from army. I got these medals, mother, they're from army. Um, <laughs>
1: Was he in the army or was he in like... He was an army ranger. Active duty.
0: Okay. I don't know. I it doesn't don't make even... it clear. Yeah, because it's weird because it's like, did he retire or is he graduating?
1: I'm not... Is he returning like... from a tour? You know, it's like, what is going on?
0: Well, I'll tell you, because the next thing that i never noticed before is like, so he's re- he goes back to Mobile, Alabama, mm-hmm. where his wife, played by 90s action, just star monica potter what happened to her yeah patch adams Mm -hmm. all the movies yeah and he so she's tending bar and he arrives on like a fucking dinged up fishing (laughs) boat he's coming from the army why is he on a boat she's working on land why is he on a boat he like shows up on forrest gump's boat and he gets off of the boat, like with his little knapsack full of fucking army stuff. Yeah. I
1: don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Like is coming, is traveling by boat, a big thing in Mobile, Alabama? I don't know. Like I thought Mobile, Alabama was landlocked. <laughs> Maybe
0: I'm wrong. I don't even know. Yeah, we could look that up here, but like, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I, okay. Don't you fly to the airport in Mobile and take a
1: car? <laughs> Where do you get on the boat? Faster to get there by boat. Faster. Um, yeah, it, I absolutely clocked that as well. And he, so he goes to the bar where she works and I'm sort of like, okay, she knew he was coming home from wherever the hell he was and it must have must have been a long time since she last saw him, right? Why not well, take that? The, long? Because she's like six months pregnant. <laughs> Wait, yeah, why not take the night off work? And they're like, hey babe, let's have dinner at home or let's go out. Why, she's working and she's like, I got to finish my shift. What? <laughs>
0: I need to back up for one minute. Okay. So there's like a couple little islands here mm-hmm. in Mobile. Yeah. So, but they don't, I don't think any of them have a fucking bar on it. So it's like <laughs> there's the airport. Yeah. There's the airport. And then he gets on a boat to go somewhere else. I don't know.
1: I don't know. But so you just brought up something very important, which is that. So he was, so he was gone. Like, I'm trying to figure out the math. Of Huge this, okay? question. <laughs> Is the girl. Yeah.
0: Cameron Poe's daughter.
1: <laughs> That's what I'm trying to figure she out. She looks exactly
0: yeah. like Monica Potter. Great job on the casting. Yes. The girl looks exactly like Monica Potter, but I don't You know. She could be anybody's but child.
1: Think of the math. Okay. So he, let's say he was gone for all six months. Okay. He was gone for all six months why even then why she does not have at all a belly i know women show in different ways but she's pushing third trimester and she doesn't have a bump at all because and we know this because he leans down to her belly to be like oh hey there future miss alabama like why not just give her and i know why it's because a man wrote this and directed this and was like she's pregnant but she's got to be hot (laughs) <laughs> like so I've no actually I've actually
0: met the man who wrote this movie.
1: <laughs> well, give him my regards, Scott
0: Rosenberg.
1: He's
0: <laughs> who is uh, at the end of the movie. He's the crap stealer at the table <laughs> with uh, with uh, Steve Buscemi. Fun fact.
1: That is a fun uh, fact.
0: And so there's just so much weird shit as they that they need to speed through at the beginning of this movie. There was these just like. There's these drunk dudes who are like, pussies like you is why we lost Vietnam. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's 1996. Everyone here is like 30 years old. Nobody remembers Vietnam. Yeah. You know.
1: They really, I mean, the entire point here was just like, we got to have these guys and these guys hate the troops. They hate the troops. <laughs> they and hate the they hate the troops so much. They pull his like what are those things called? Like his, his it's just a
0: little medals. His
1: medals. They pull him off his uniform. Like, what I think of
0: when I think of the Deep South, yeah. I really think of a place that hates the troops.
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's just such a weird
0: thing to have. Like, I don't know. Like, if this movie were coming out in twenty twenty one, it would be like a bunch of yeah, you know, head shaved anarchists like me. Right. He yeah. would be like, I hate the troops. I hate yeah. war.
1: Anti-fa, sure. <laughs> yeah,
0: oh my God.
1: Uh, but like, they just don't leave him alone. And they just are looking for a fight. And for whatever reason, he indulges them, forgetting momentarily that he himself is a kill machine.
0: He's a license to kill. Oh no, he doesn't have a license to kill, but he's been trained. And then we smash cut to his... <laughs> well, His there's, well, yeah, but first he's sitting on the bench <laughs> and he's got the lawyer with like old Gil from The Simpsons and it's just like I'm telling you, plead guilty, they'll only give you a year tops.
1: <laughs> and so then yeah, then cut to the trial, he pleads guilty, like, and the judge again, I really don't think a seven judge is gonna look at a freshly, whatever, graduated army ranger who killed in self-defense with witnesses and be like, and be like, I hate the troops too. You're in prison for the maximum penalty. The guy had a shattered bottle of beer and a knife and was gonna kill his
0: (laughs) pregnant wife. Yeah. And it's like, you should have known better not to kill this guy. You know your hands are (laughs) registered (laughs) weapons with the US Army
1: so I mean this movie really this movie is is um is actually anti-war if you think about it because this movie has shown that America doesn't care if you're a troop they will turn their back on you the second they have the opportunity and throw your ass in jail
0: that's the thing with all these Bruckheimer movies is like they don't know what like a main character's like motivations should be so they're just like make him a troop. We (laughs) love troops. Why should we like this character? He's a troop. And this movie spends. and I want to go back just to that opening monologue very briefly from like this general that we never even see or some sort of very, you know, very official sounding voice about you're the army rangers. You're the Green Berets. So this entire movie, every time Nicolas Cage does something, his motivation is like, I need to get my friend His insulin. I can't leave my (laughs) friend behind. And that's what they say in this. And and you forget about that because a lot of the time you're like, I don't even really totally agree with like. What, what Cameron's doing here in this situation. Yeah. And it's all because there's just this one line in the beginning and the most boring part that's glossed over as quickly as it's possible. It's the credits.
1: It's, the, credits it's, it's the opening yeah. credits. Yeah. With, with yeah. the general
0: being like an army ranger never leaves his, his, my comrades behind or something yeah. like that. And that you have to understand, like, it, I just don't think they, they really dug that. They really dug that deep enough. And that's, what the whole movie is. That's kind of his, why he, do, he does, he doesn't want to leave his friend with, with his diabetic friend behind and he doesn't want right. to leave the female guard behind. Right. And that's why he does everything that he does. He's just a
1: good,
0: not to save himself, man. not to save his daughter just because he wants to. but it's just, I don't know. Anyways. So then we get smash cut. You're, you're serving eight years in prison. Smash cut. Conair Con air. Yes With like a big like clanking sound With
1: like an eagle as the As the R (laughs)
0: Oh yeah Um, I think the best part of the movie is coming up here Which is like the parade Of prisoners
1: The best. The intro of the prisoners actually is so good. The music that's playing is great. The way they do it, it's so fast and fun. Like it actually aged really well. And we also, you forget, like they introduce, there's the bad guys, right? And there's like our hero, Nick Cage, but there's also the sort of bystanders who are the cops. So John Cusack and Colm, Colm Fior?
0: Colm Meanie. Yeah.
1: Colm Meanie. Who's, like, bad cop. John Cusack, good cop. Yeah, yeah. And that's Colmeney, do- he's,
0: like, the DEA agent who just wants to shoot everybody out of the <laughs> yeah. sky and doesn't care. And he drives it like a 1960s Corvette, and yeah. his license plate says, ass kicker on it.
1: <laughs> but so that's the way they do the intro is, like, loosen up, gentlemen. We got a full flight today. And then, yeah, it's just a... As you said, parade of like great actors with great character names coming out of a bus. Yeah.
0: And they're like, well, who's this guy? Oh, he's the worst. He drove up <laughs> and down the eastern seaboard killing people. He's got a, this. So I love they're running through all these guys. There's Billy bedlove And then they get to Ving Rhames character, Diamond love Dog. It. Yeah. And they're like, what's he done? <laughs> why is he a bad guy? It's like, oh, uh, he murdered a bunch of like far right NRA people. And he's like, uh, and he like represents like a, some sort of black militant, like organization. And right. he wrote like, he wrote like a philosophical book about, you know, why he does what he does and why he's fighting for, you know, to, to improve the black cause. Right. And they're making a movie out of him with Denzel Washington. And I'm like, all right, is this guy actually a criminal? <laughs> yeah, I know. That's why- <laughs> This guy I actually like, sounds
1: cool. I like him. <laughs> I think he might actually be the hero. Like, if there's a, you know they're working on some sort of sequel. I think it would be his story because it's very relevant to 2021.
0: Later in the movie, they may have to make, they do the scene where he's like, he wants to kill all the cops and stuff. And I'm like-
1: Right. Oh. I mean,
0: <laughs> yeah. Because oh. everyone else it's is like, oh, he's a serial ki- killer. He's a rapist. It's like- this guy just wants to advance, like you know.
1: This guy uses? just wants reparations. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's like this guy actually. I mean, it's clearly like a take, or I don't know if it's a take on. It's like the nod to Denzel is like a take on Malcolm yeah. X, but um, but yeah, I thought I thought the same thing. And throughout the movie, he's pretty cool. He just wants to go to Mexico and like yeah, live like, a great this, life. I'm
0: like, I don't think this man is a criminal. I think he's. I think people <laughs> should just listen to
1: him. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, and then he doesn't get there till later but we've got Steve Buscemi in a full-on Hannibal Lecter face mask.
0: So yeah, they save the best for last. They do like this opening parade and then later it's like we got to pick up some more prisoners. <laughs> and oh my god, like when this movie came out and I guess you know he's in the movie, like his name appears in the in the opening credits. But he's like, oh, my God, even the scariest of them are all, like, terrified of this guy. He's got this Hannibal Lecter face mask thing going on. And they they put him in his little cage or whatever. And, and I think Ving Rhames takes off his mask. And, like, you can tell he, like, he does it quickly. Like, oh, my yeah. God, is he going to bite my hand off? And right. just to reveal that it's, like, Steve Buscemi is... <laughs> so incredible
1: it's so good um yeah it's sort of weird like he doesn't add that much to the movie really but um like the character obviously Steve adds everything to every movie but um yeah it's a little interesting we also sort of miss we missed like the big yeah. bad who is John Malkovich as Cyrus the Virus
0: Danielle our age our advanced age is a huge <laughs> Theme on this And yeah. they say in his intro It's like He's 39 <laughs> years old I'm like Oh my god
1: <laughs> He does look young He looks young in it Like I looked it up So he's in his looks. He's
0: in, he's like 43 John Malkovich is 43 In this movie Or whatever right. But they say The character's 39 He usually 39, looks a strong
1: like, oh. He looks a strong 50 usually That's an Oh yeah That came up in Lost too We're like <laughs> Sawyer says he's 32 <laughs>
0: And I'm like Oh my okay. god <laughs>
1: okay i don't think so but okay anyway um so yeah poor cameron poe finally gets parole and he's stuck on this plane with all these cons and they take over the plane so it becomes con air and he's just like oh my god (laughs) like i'm having the worst day but he plays it pretty smart and he doesn't get caught and i just
0: yeah go ahead I was going to say, when you mentioned the name of the movie, I just love how over the top the movie is where it's just like, all right, instead of – let's just have people narrate like who mm-hmm. these characters are. And then like it's the literal – I think it's like the last line of act one structurally. They, t- they take over the plane – they shoot so many bullets in this plane throughout the entire movie. (laughs) And Malkovich, you know, gets out of the cockpit. He shoots at something, some light or alarm, and he's like, welcome to Con Air. And yeah, this is great. great. It's great. shouting the name of the movie.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Um, He gets along okay, Cameron Poe. He makes them think that he's one of them. He hides the fact that he's going to be on parole, but then they find out. Also, they have to do a quick pit stop. I remember they have to do a pit stop.
0: So they do two, yeah, they do the one to pick up Steve Buscemi, where they pretend to be the prison guards, and where we lose our dear, our dear uh, Dave Chappelle. Dave Chappelle,
1: by the way, yeah, Dave Chappelle's in this movie. (laughs) Who is
0: hilarious for the first 20, 20, 30 minutes of this movie, and then we kind of, we kind (laughs) of lose, and he's, he's great, he, he, he's, he's really funny, Um, and then we make a second pit stop at some airfield in the middle of the desert. Right which is where we kind of spend a lot of time.
1: That's where they were supposed to get their set, their flight out of there to go to Mexico. they were supposed to transfer. Yeah.
0: So like one of the criminals is he runs a big South American
1: drug cartel,
0: drug cartel. And he he's promised them that there's another plane there, but actually there's only a small plane there and that's only going to pick him up and they're going to kill Cyrus and the rest of the prisoners. He was just double crossing them. Yeah. And so much is happening in this part of the movie where they're kind of at this airfield. And I, I want to talk about I don't I only have one example, but Nicolas Cage has so many, and this movie in general has so many ridiculously stupid lines that you're <laughs> like i guess it works and there's this whole hunt for this for the for the insulin because this character baby o needs his insulin or else he's gonna die he's like one of the the convicts with a heart of gold right and all right they can't find the insulin and then it's crushed but then they find it but then they can't find any needles and cameron goes on this hunt to find some needles at the airfields like some syringes and he's like Going through garages and we're looking under trucks and there's an old man under the truck who's like, oh, I think there's some needles out over here <laughs> or whatever. And he's like, stay put, old timer. You'll be all right. And the old man's like, well, you don't have to take a piss. <laughs> but then so he finds the syringe. He finds the <sighs> syringe as sort of all of these of different things are conflating and there's about to be this big massacre as the, the uh, army or the cops show up and camera pros like lying on the ground as gunfire and explosions are, you know, popping off. There's a gas station that explodes and the other plane explodes and he's holding the syringe and he looks down and he says, well, baby, oh, it's not exactly a mataz and Yahtzee out here, but let's do
1: it. And he's just (laughs) saying that to
0: himself. (laughs) To like inspire himself to go.
1: Like, he's got a lot of his, good. I mean, the accent is tremendous. Yeah, he really commits to it, and he's got a lot of great lines. Like I think I I think it's at the same stop where he meets the guy who's got a gun pulled on him, oh, and yeah. he's telling him like, "Listen, you shoot that oh, that's gun." John a bunch of, oh, John Cusack. Oh, yeah. John Cusack. No, no, that it's after John Cusack. John, he meets John Cusack after. Oh, okay. Um. But. The guy's got the gun pulled on him. He's like, if you make that noise, people are going to come running. And then he puts a silencer on it. And Nick Cage goes, well, hooray for the sounds of fucking silence. (laughs) And there's that. There's like, this ain't my barbecue. It's your barbecue. And it tastes good. Oh, (laughs) yeah. (laughs) And of course, put the bunny down. (laughs) Like, there's just so many great. If if these lines were said without a Nick Cage Southern accent, they're nothing. They're shit. But with it, I mean it's just instant film classic. You can I'm transported to a theater, icy air conditioning on my neck, oh my God. buttered popcorn on my fingers, sipping a diet Coke fountain soda when I hear his voice and and that southern accent saying these lines. These are lines made for a movie theater.
0: Not to mention the like the climax of the film as Cyrus learns that Poe has been. Has been double deceiving. crossing. Has yeah. been yeah tr- deceiving them. Has been working to try and get the police to stop them the entire time, and he maniacally reads the letter from, from oh yes Cameron's daughter Casey, and just this shot is. The shot is just amazing because he's he's reading it in like a little falsetto girl's voice and then he slowly changes his voice into his deep. in his like <laughs> I wouldn't yeah. call Malkovich's voice deep. It's no. it's it's higher pitch, but it's it's a it's a it's a scary man's voice. Yeah. And he's reading it. And then he spins around. And in the shot, there's like a bad blue screen of the attack chopper is coming up on the plane and he holds up the bunny and he puts the gun to the stuffed bunny rabbit's head <laughs> and is like make one more move and the bunny gets it and <laughs> that's just the it's just the peak of this movie it's like everything <laughs> that's great about and kind of bad about this movie is all in one shot you have yeah. this jarring cut like some not fantastic visual effects and you have just a really stupid line and a character doing something like this is John Malkovich. He's like one of the best actors and they're like, all right, this is the climax of the movie as like, you've really got the main character like up against the wall here and you're going to threaten to shoot a stuffed bunny.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I love it. And he does it so well. Yeah. Um, as you can imagine after the bunny moment, um, The movie begins its descent, literally, uh, into Las Vegas, the Las Vegas Strip. Um, There's still, like, some cat and mouse chasing, but basically, like, I don't know. I feel like we've touched on the best parts of this movie. Of course, Cameron Poe gets reunited with his daughter and uh, his wife. And it's happening.
0: So they they crash land on the Strip. (laughs) And... Cyrus and Diamond Dog get away dressed as firefighters somehow, yeah. And like, instead of being like, "All right, the actual police are here and like know what's going on," Poe and Larkin, uh, John Cusack's character, like run to a bunch of police motorcycles, nod at each other, and they just zoom (laughs) off (laughs) into this like. Chase with a fire truck. <laughs> right. And, and Poe stabs Cyrus in the ankle with a with a, like a stake. John Cusack is like, he's doing action stuff. It's <laughs> it's ridiculous. And then it ends, they're on the strip, and then it ends in a construction, a construction yard, some sort of construction right. site that hilariously smashes. John Malkovich's head. There's just like a skull smashing machine <laughs> with a conveyor belt leading up to it. And that's how, that's how Cyrus is vanquished. He's his head, his body is placed on the skull crushing device, which is just, it's that's amazing. That's how
1: that Cyrus, the virus gets vaccinated. Oh, um, <laughs> Yeah. you know, once it's off the plane, it's like, whatever it, you, you know, that Cameron Poe is getting back with his wife and his daughter. Finally. Um, it's a nice, happy ending.
0: What did you feel about the scene? So the, the first time you watch this movie, you watch a scene and you're like, what, oh my God, I can't believe they're about to do this. And then it's funny the rest of the time. Yeah. But the scene where Steve Buscemi kind of just takes a stroll from the people while they're in the desert. Mm-hmm. And he's been set up as like a serial killer who, who mur- murders children. Right. Among all uh, other people. And he yeah. like sits in a like a, a an abandoned pool with a little girl who lives in this just horrible trailer yeah. park situation, and you're supposed to think, "Oh my god, he's going to murder a child," and <laughs> right. she just wants to sing. He's got the whole world in his hands with him. Yeah. And how, how did you how do you feel
1: about this? Well, I'm glad scene? you brought this up because this was going to be my my final like parting oh, okay. question. Is like. We don't actually get an answer in the movie as to whether he killed her or not. We just no, no, we do.
0: We do. Oh, she's she's there when the plane when the plane flies finally takes off again from the airstrip. Oh, she's there's the reveal that she's like waving and they, you know, and he gave her he she gave him her her little action her little doll doll. or whatever. Yeah.
1: Okay, I forgot that part. All right. Well, then I guess he's a changed man.
0: That's just the weird thing about the movie is like there's this there's this rogues gallery of all these convicts and there's the ones that you're like, oh, I really don't like him. Uh, he he seems like quite a dangerous person like Cyrus. And then right. there's Diamond Dog, who we've discussed it's like this guy's kind of just like
1: he's trying cool. to. Yeah. <laughs> yeah,
0: he's, he, yeah. Like I, I feel like America has been very unfair to his people and he's just trying right. to to, uh, you know, unwrite those unwrong those. Unwrite those wrongs, whatever.
1: Unwrong those, unwrong those Unwrong those, those wrongs. Yeah. <laughs> unwrong those things. <laughs> and Yeah, you know? have a
0: little bit of violence. Um, and then you have Steve Buscemi and it's all played for laughs. It's like, he's the most despicable, disgusting, violent, cannibal, s- skinning children alive sort of thing. And there's, he only has like comedic, Lines. Yeah, he has the one scene with the girl, and it's creepy. And you think he's about to kill her, and he doesn't. And then the last, the last moment of the movie, everyone's reunited, and it cuts to the casino, and they're like, "New shooter coming out, new shooter coming out." <laughs> I'm at the table too, playing craps, and Steve Buscemi's like, and the, the the dealer's like, "You feel lucky tonight?" And he's like, "Yes, I do." <laughs>
1: Yeah, it's like he's about to go on a killing spree, but we love it. (laughs) (laughs) Do we stand? (laughs) Do we stand? (laughs) We do. (laughs) I know. Um, It's it's such a weird. It's just like the yeah. You can't really take any of it seriously, right? Like I know it's a movie, but um, he's just he's just hard to hate because he's you see me.
0: Yeah, I know.
1: Well, what a great suggestion. Thank you so much to our uh, listener who suggested that. We still have Face Off, which is what a doozy coming up, and The Rock. Yeah,
0: yeah I mean, this movie is really dense with just incredible writing and character moments. Yeah. And has such a good ensemble of actors, like, I mean, his character is like kind of not kind of it is like very disgusting and not cool, but we haven't even mentioned that this movie kickstarts like the Johnny Trejo.
1: Oh yeah, like, Danny Trejo. career. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. yeah, his
0: name is his name in the movie is Johnny. Uh, yeah, yeah, Danny Trejo thing, which I, you I don't know the last time you've been in Los Angeles, but da- Danny Trejo is now like a full on Los Angeles. Celebrity. He has a chain of donut shops and taco restaurants. And anytime you go to, I went to a Dodger game earlier in the week. Anytime you go to a Dodger game or a a Laker game or a Rams game, he's like on the billboard. Like they just do these pre-tapes with him, where he's like wearing a Rams jersey and he's like, "Let's go, L.A." You know, and he's just like a fucking icon. And I I know he's an icon. No, and he's done a lot of like really good work in Los Angeles, like trying to you know put you know these. These uh, taco shops and donut shops, like in communities that need them. And he's like seen as this like benevolent sort of force that is like trying to revitalize poorer areas. And with, you know, so it's just amazing. And then in this movie, he's like a horrible, disgusting rapist who has a really fantastic ending as well.
1: Yeah. Where he gets his arm stripped off. You're right. There's just so much like we. It's a great movie, um,
0: but to like, your to your point, sorry. Oh yeah, go for it.
1: No, just was gonna say it's a great movie that like you know sometimes can get lumped in because like we all love to be ironic of like it's so no, bad no, it's good. I actually no. don't think it's there's ridiculous. It's ridiculous, but it's genuinely a pleasurable great movie to watch.
0: Oh yeah, no, but you you mentioned we're gonna hit uh, face off next. Excuse me these uh, these next two movies here. These like there's a there's a lot to talk about with the direction of these movies in a way that this movie is like pretty straightforward. Like the guy who directed this, I don't even know. Like he's not Simon really West. Simon West. Like <laughs> he's not really known for it for anything. No. Face Off is like a John Woo. Experience. Oh, my God. Yes. The Rock is a Michael Bay experience. Like, these yeah. are for better or worse, worse, like off tourist movies, even though they're <laughs> yeah. like movies where Nicolas Cage <laughs> fucking runs around doing weird shit with a pistol <laughs> yeah. for no, 100%, 100%. two hours. Uh, so, I, you know, there's there's going to be a lot to talk about uh, with those films.
1: They're going to be meaty. This is just like our intro to summer, us talking about these great summer films. And then we'll oh, get yeah. to and then, you know, it'll be June by the time before you know it, and we'll be talking about BB too. So thank you for going on this journey with us. Thank you for any questions and comments along the way. You can tweet at us at HeyJulieBB.
0: Yeah, that sounds great.
1: And we'll just see you next time. Bye, Julie.
0: Bye, Julie.